I am so happy to have my friend Carmen Gardner on the phone. Carmen is, uh, well, ex-DJ, <laughs> worked for years here at KAOI-FM, was program director back in the day, and um, did a lot of work on the air, of course, and then moved on to doing fantastic work with theater. And um, when she takes on anything, she's excellent at it. She went um, whole hog with her work in art and doing the most beautiful, inspiring artwork that I truly, I always get amazed when I see your artwork, Carmen, your rich colors and your, your vibrancy of how you display things is just fantastic. And it's so good to talk to you. How are you doing today? Well, uh, let me uh, see if I can um, keep my head on my <laughs> neck since it's gotten so big in the last 30 seconds. Um, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I got to tell you that yesterday, um, this poor little doggy, he, well, he was a big dog, but he wandered onto my property. Long story short, I kept him here and called the Humane Society, and the lady came. And first words out of her mouth as she got out of her car was, Oh, you're Carmen. I used to listen to you every day on Kauai. Oh, my um, gosh. I know. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I, isn't that amazing? I love that. I absolutely do. Well, Carmen, um, you know, you did this amazing trip, and you've done it I before, did. and you an artist, and I love the fact that you can share um, teaching your art to people through travel, and you know I love travel. You know yeah. how much I love travel. And um, what happened was um, was rather interesting. I saw you. I hadn't seen you in a while, actually, and I saw you in the Safeway here. Um, oh, that's right. About two weeks before you were due for your trip. And um, I said, well, gosh, you're excited about going on this trip because I, you know, haven't been able to do it. I wanted to go on that trip with you so much. And I wish you would have. You would have totally loved it. I, I, I really kicked myself. <laughs> I would have I would have loved to have gone on that trip, truthfully. Um, but then I was I was surprised when I saw you and we were talking and you mentioned to me at that time that you'd had um, gone and had some problems and you'd had health problems and you'd gone to the doctor and uh, had found out that you had colon cancer. And yeah, yeah. I, I did not make that public, you know, on social media and I'll tell you why. Um, at first, I was just so surprised at, at the way this whole thing came down. And secondly, so many things uh, in my life the past couple of few years that I really just didn't want to go on there and elicit pity or have people feel sorry for me or, you know, whatever. But then um, I thought, as, as you and I discussed the other day, that maybe it is a good thing to put out there and let people know uh, you know, what's going on, how this happened, um, and uh, basically my, my story. Um, you're, you're right. I, it, was a, it was really a surprise. I went to um, uh, Kaiser uh, for, for an appointment to speak with a doctor because I was having like a pain in my lower abdomen. And I thought it was, oh, probably, you know, nothing, and, and maybe, if anything, appendicitis or, or you know, a blockage at the, at the worst possible scenario. And long story short, I ended up with some wonderful nurses uh, over there at, uh, uh, you know, Maui Medical. Uh, they were just absolutely incredible. And um, 
anyway, so they uh, indicated that a CT scan after looking at the x-rays and uh, labs from from Kaiser uh, Wailuku or, or uh, Maui Lani or wherever it was. Um, and so they did. They did a CT with oral contrast. And the weird thing that happened was after the results came in from that uh, uh, CT, the doctor, ER doctor, stuck his head in the little cubicle and said, CT results are in, you have colon cancer surgery tomorrow, click, and left. Wow. And I was shocked. Yeah. That, I mean, that is not how you tell someone no. they've got colon cancer, no. especially when they have no clue, right? Uh, and the nurses were appalled, and we talked about it. And um, I did file a complaint about that because... I think that's something you sit down and explain and explain the situation and what your alternatives are. Yeah. Well, the surgeon, Dr. Villasenor, turned out to be just a wonderful surgeon. And um, he came to me and he said, well, we have a couple of options here. Number one, we can wait. And I'm not sure. I, I kind of tuned out after that word, wait. And then the other is we can do surgery tomorrow. And I said, well, what are, what are you feeling? And he said, I'm 50-50. And I said, okay, well, if this is a factor, I am going, this was on September 6th, Mm -hmm. and I said, I am going to Italy and France, and I'm going to be teaching for a week in Tuscany, and I'm leaving Maui on October 4th, returning on the 25th. That's a done deal. Mm. And he just looked at me and he said, I was sort of surprised and said, okay, now I'm 5149. And I said... Uh Uh, in which direction? And he said, four. And I said, let's do it. Mm. So the next day I did, I had surgery and they removed um, all of the ascending colon and half of the transverse, sent everything off to pathology and found out that three out of 16 nodes did have cells. And so basically they told me that they staged it at three, stage three. And he did honor my request to go in laparoscopy laparoscopy yes yeah that word yes and um and he did and it was horrible it was it was you know no fun at all um but I got through that and uh, lost some weight because I was on a liquid diet for like six days which which you know is okay Mm -hmm. since I was going to be going to Italy and eating my way across the continent um anyway so long story short um, I was in the hospital for about five days or so and um a few weeks later, on October 4th, I did leave, and I walked all over the place, up and down hills, and if you've ever been to Siena, you know that uh, that's almost like San Francisco, and uh, anyway, but yeah, did that, walked miles, um, no real, a uh, little bit of fatigue, but then I got covid and I had COVID. I had not heard that. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Yeah, about eight of us at the uh, at the San Fidele, uh came down with COVID. Um, luckily, though, I got to tell you, with the boosters and the vaccines, it was minimal. I mean, I've had colds that treated me worse. And so within a few days, I was back up to 100%. And then a few days after that, um, took a cruise uh, from Paris up to the beaches of Normandy, which is one of the most profound experiences of, of my life. Um, so yeah, it was, uh, what we did was flew to, uh, Cynthia Conrad and I flew to Florence 
stayed in a wonderful flat that was uh, owned by a gentleman and, and uh, you know, some, some older folks that lived there all their lives pretty much. And the gal who was um, my, my age or so, uh, her parents passed away and she didn't want to get rid of her childhood home. So she turned it into a, uh, a vacation rental. And so we had this wonderful flat overlooking the Duomo, and mm. it was just just fabulous. She even picked us up at the airport, if wow. you can believe it. And um, so we wandered around Firenze for a couple few days, and then we're taken to Chianti. And we stay at San Fidele, which is a completely renovated and restored and beautiful monastery in a, a pristine part of, of the hills of Chianti. And uh, did our excursions and things until the COVID thing happened and we segregated and, um, you know, um, uh, we're sort of sequestered from the positives and negatives were separated. And um, anyway, it was really, really a wonderful trip. Um, and I loved, I, I love teaching. So there's that. And of course, the facility there is conducive to anything you want to do. Um, we visited wineries and or a winery and had dinner there. And um, we just whenever I do these things, I try to plan a full cultural and historic and artistic um, experience uh, with integrating with the people and the place as opposed to just an art workshop or a painting workshop. So it's it's more than that. And this time we had these wonderful three Italian guys and every night we'd break out a guitar or they would and we'd sing and and just had a great time and then the cruise aspect was with Uniworld Cruises and we were on a riverboat and it was called Joy de Vivre Mm. or the Joy of Life which was perfect and uh, did eight days on the Seine and the food Oh, my God. So that five days or so on a liquid diet paid off well because (laughs) breakfast, lunch, and dinner was top-notch. And, of course, the cocktails were to die for. So I I had never had a chocolate martini. And (laughs) this was, like, just heaven in a glass. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But I got to say the... part that affected me the most was, well, of course, I knew when I was going to return that I would be starting chemo, so I wanted to make the best of it, of course, Um, but the beaches of Normandy. Have you ever been there, Cindy? I have been to France many times, but I've never been to Normandy and the beaches of Normandy. That was, uh, well, for me, the reason I wanted to see it is because, first of all, I love history. I love studying history, and especially the psychosocial aspect of history. And the beaches of Normandy, Omaha Beach, Utah Beach, seeing those in person, uh, you know, you see it in movies like, like Saving Private Ryan or, or, or whatever. But until you are there and you're on the beaches facing the cliffs and have walked through a German bunker, you cannot comprehend the magnitude of the Normandy landing. Mm-hmm. And the strength of character, the courage, the commitment that it took for those brave young men to continue the mission with what they knew lay in front of them Mm -hmm. was 
I, I have chicken skin right now just, just recalling it. It was just amazing. And Cynthia and I were so filled with emotion, we couldn't even speak for a while. Wow. And the French, the people who uh, were taking us around this area and giving us the history and, and you know, the, telling us about the several days of the landing, um, were so still so very grateful to the Americans and the British for what they did to liberate France and then, you know, uh, following France, all of Europe. And so the historic significance of this landing and what it means to us today lives on. And at one point we were at the American Memorial and I was just sort of contemplating all the white crosses and, and how many lives were lost. Mm. lost and all of a sudden I hear strains of the American national anthem and the next thing I knew I turned around and this group of of French visitors started singing the entire American national anthem and everybody there all these people that were even even further away uh, towards the grave the whole place stopped and everyone that was there sang the American National wow. Anthem. It was the wow. most touching, moving thing ever. Wow. Um, just in tears. And then at the memorial on the beach, the lady gave us a little bit of history, and she read a letter that a woman had written to her father who had passed away in, in the landings. And then the next thing I knew, there was a fellow there playing taps. And, oh, my God, oh. we each got up. They handed us each a rose, and we all took our rose and put it by the memorial and um, just an experience that no one will ever forget if you ever uh, are in that area or, you know, um, feel the feel led to pay tribute to that important historical event. I just have to say also, uh, you were very generous with your time and energy as far as posting on Facebook. I, I, I just... I almost felt like I was there with you at times as as I was seeing all these fabulous pictures and, and um, you know, just knowing, of course, what it takes. And I never, of course, mentioned anyone after you told me, you kept it quiet about you having uh, the colon cancer, but I couldn't help, you know, I was praying every day for you. And I was oh, thinking just you. the flight over from here to there is very trying. I mean, that's like, yeah. it was, it's like a 20, is it about 22 hours it takes to yeah, get from here well. to there? And what we did, and what I recommend, and you probably would do the same thing, is we flew from here to San Francisco. We mm-hmm. overnighted in San Francisco and then took a reasonably, you know, a good time. I think it was like 1 o'clock or something. Hopped on a plane, and we were we went straight to Frankfurt, and then from Frankfurt to, to Florence, mm-hmm. and arrived in Florence around 1 or 2 in the afternoon. And then you know how it is. You stay awake yeah. until bedtime and then take a... a um, melatonin, go to sleep, wake up the next day, take another melatonin that night, and then pow, no jet lag whatsoever. Amazing. That's wonderful. Now, now, knowing your situation, of course, you were with an amazing woman who is a fantastic artist as well. Oh, Cynthia you. Conrad um, yeah. is quite a wonderful woman and very talented artist. And, of course, her, her wonderful husband, Jerry, passed away. Uh, recently, yeah. so of course she had a lot of empathy and understanding for what you were going through, but it looked like you two were having so much fun. I I almost have to ask you: Did you knowing you knowing that you had 
colon cancer, and you take this, you decide, with your willpower in your mind, you were going to go no matter what. And, <laughs> and knowing this, did you decide to try to have all the fun you could have? Did it kind of give you more impetus to go for it? That's a really great question. I think, well, okay, here's, here's my mentality. So you know my husband passed away of cancer, and when he was diagnosed, my very first words out of my mouth were, all right, I mean, after absorbing the shock, right, was, mm-hmm. okay, look, let's make a pact that we will not become the cancer. We will overcome it. So when they said that to me, of course, that phrase rang in my ears loud and clearly, loudly and clearly, and I said, okay, no, I will not be defined by this cancer. I will not become the cancer. I will overcome it. And I knew that when I got back here, oh, and I asked for Dr. Pollock also. Um, he is the one of the oncologists at uh, Kaiser uh, Wailuku. He's amazing, just an amazing human being and, and, a, and a wonderful doctor. And I did see him before I left, and, we, and he sat down with me for quite a while and explained to me the history of the treatment of colon cancers going back to the 80s up to 2022. And he gave. He said, "You have you have a choice. Basically, you can do infusion and pills for three months, or you can do the pill for six months, eight courses. Meaning that would be two weeks on, one week off, eight eight times for six months." And he talked about the side effects, and one of them is neuropathy. It's like it's called hand foot syndrome. And he said, you're a professional artist. And I said, oh, okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take that. Um, so I said, well, if it was your wife, what would you recommend? And he said, the pill. So I said, oh, all right. And he made an appointment for me to come in and speak, uh, well, for labs, the day I got back, actually, the very next day. Uh, so the, I returned the 25th. So the 26th, went in for labs the 27th to meet with him again and the patient um, educator which I did, and then I started the chemo on November 1st. And the name of the drug is capazetidine or something like that. It's uh, Zolota, and it's a pretty powerful drug. It effects. Um, my hands and my feet are, are feeling those effects. Um, and I knew this. I knew that this was going to happen when I returned. And so I just said, you know what? Um, no. This is not going to get me down. I'm going to beat this. Doctor thinks that it's pretty much a given because it is stage three, and there were only three nodes involved. Um, and, and also, before I left, they did a CT um, with IV contrast looking for metastasis, and they didn't find and didn't find any in the area from about the neck down, I guess, um, which is good because you know mm-hmm. all your organs and chest and lungs, and so. You know, I've just, oh, oh, and here's another important thing. The surgeon uh, who did the surgery uh, when I saw him for, uh, you know, right before I left, two things that that stuck in my mind. Number one is that he said, uh, okay, I'm going to give you some advice. He said, first of all, anytime you have anything stressful, any thoughts that are negative, I want you to banish those thoughts and I want you to replace them with positive thoughts. He said, I cannot guarantee that those positive thoughts will heal you, but I can guarantee the negative ones will kill you. Mm. And so that was pretty profound. Then he called me on the phone 
after I left and said, oh, oh, I meant to ask you, would you be willing to do a genetic test so that we can learn and also see if you have a marker that might, um, you know, be uh, more likely that other people in your family may ever have this. And I said, absolutely, and if it helps anybody, sure, no problem. And then I asked him, oh, I forgot to ask you. I said, am I allowed to have um, some Chianti in in Mm. Italy? And he (laughs) laughed, and he said, not only are you allowed, but I highly suggest and recommend (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of that, I have to ask you, Truly, um, I saw some amazing meals that you had. My gosh, you look like you just had the most fantastic meals in Italy and <laughs> France. Uh, tell us a little bit about the food you ate. Oh, my goodness. Well, in, in, um, in Chianti, they have a chef, and this chef prepares a five-course dinner every single night. The own, and one day it was a barbecue in lieu of uh, during the afternoon in lieu of a um, oh what would you call it um, optional meal at a winery uh, at this winery where it's also a five course meal. So m- most all of us I think opted it was like thirty euro, which you know the euro is pretty much at par with the dollar right now. Mm-hmm. So say for thirty dollars we had this incredible five course meal with wine pairing. So we had that. Um, the only thing that was a little strange was there's a lot of wild boar in Chianti. Mm. And, and so this meal, we had some kind of penne pasta, I think, with, with wild boar. So that was a little a little different, but it was good. And everything that we had was, was top-notch, five-course, every night, dessert, wow. the whole nine, nine yards. And mm. in the morning there at, the, at San Fidele, we had um, freshly baked, good that the uh, owner, the co-owner, the, the, her name is Renata, would get up every morning and prepare for us. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, every morning we had fresh baked goods and, and soft-boiled eggs and juices and, and everything done fresh. So that was in Chianti. And then on this cruise on uh, the Uniworld Joy de Vivre, we had breakfast every day was a buffet uh, with anything you could possibly want, which I found out later I could have even asked for Eggs Benedict every day <laughs> and had it made special for me, but I didn't know that and blew it. <laughs> I found out the last day um, and oh shucks, but everything else was, was whatever you could possibly imagine for breakfast. How many and days was that cruise? How was that? That was, let's see, we got on the boat on a Sunday and got out. So eight days. Oh, eight days. oh that's a lo- yep. yeah, a long cruise. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then at lunch was another buffet type thing, serve yourself. I mean, everything from shrimp and oysters to uh, meats and cheeses that were just to die for. The desserts, amazing. And then at dinner, we sit down, and they would give you a menu, and you had choices, and you could have everything on the menu if you wanted. And, of course, there was cocktail hour prior to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And one of the cocktails, oh, my gosh, it was called a French Passion. And it was Midori, uh, vodka, and lily koi, and ice. Oh, my gosh. Passion fruit, right? Passion fruit juice. Midori, which is a melon liqueur, and then a little bit of vodka, and it was... <laughs> Sounds fantastic. 
was so, so good. I, and I saw the pictures. I'm so glad. One of my favorite places in France is Giverny, and you went there, and, and wasn't that magical? Oh, oh, oh. I was chicken skin the entire time. It was, uh, it, you, well, I could see why um, when Claude Monet painted his water lilies yes. over and over and over again. Um, his study of, of color and, uh, you know, he was one of the people who ushered in what is known in the, um, you know, art circles as the Impressionistic period or the Impressionism, uh, Impressionist. And he point, paint had become portable at that point. Uh, prior to that, most artists were relegated to painting in their studios under studio lighting. So as paint became portable, uh, and they didn't have to grind their pigments and mix it and, you know, all of that, the uh, artists went outdoors. And Claude Monet was one of the first, and he's known for his impression Sunrise, which he did very quickly at sunrise with a lot of color and, and, and minimal brush strokes, and then he was noticing the relativity of color to itself. In other words, color being relative to itself to what colors are next to one another and how light affects those colors. Mm. And so that was his study. That was what he was doing was um, trying to experiment and study the effects of light on color. And then, of course, he had more candid uh, subjects to paint because he's out there on plein air doing something that, you know, was, was relatively uh, coming on vogue at the time, but yeah. hadn't been, you know, possible until paint became portable. So it was, yeah. It's a magical place everyone should. And he actually started an art community. So many people loved his space. His garden, I think, has been kept exactly. I know the pond is yes. exactly the way it was. They they maintained that same design and you go to that yes. you go to that pond you see the same boat you see the same bridge it's it's unbelievable exactly and the flowers oh my god oh the flowers the, the, the oh. way he designed his garden was almost like a rainbow yeah um uh, maybe not with the colors in the in the same you know the hues in the same uh order that a rainbow w- would uh, would reflect but he would have the yellow section, the orange section, the pink section, magenta, purple, you know, and and all these different dahlia and peonies and roses and uh, just, yeah, just a, a sea of color. You're surrounded by this amazing artistry in a garden. Yeah. And then going into his home, that that was almost almost like walking into yes. a, a cathedral or yes. something. Yes, especially a studio. If, you're, if you're an artist, you know, the reverence yes. that you feel walking into Claude Monet's home. And the views um, out the windows. Of, yeah, yes, that um, was on my bucket list, yeah. too. That that along with the beaches of Normandy were, were absolutely um, speechless afterwards. Well, I have to say, you know, I am so glad that you got to go and that you were determined to go, and you decided you were going to do it, and you did get to go, because it's it just was a fantastic trip. I could tell by the pictures and hearing you talk about it. I'm so glad you got that experience. Oh, me too. And, you know, Cindy, what I want to say is this this thing, people have asked, you know, I haven't told that many people about the uh, the cancer diagnosis, but usually the first question I'm asked, or one of the first, is were you having colonoscopies all along? 
No, my doctors did not think they were indicated. I did have one, a sigmoidoscopy, I think, back several years ago. But I did do those tests they send you in the mail every single year. And every single year, they would come back negative. Mm. So I just want to put out there Mm. that don't don't trust them. After a certain age, you know, get checked. Um, If you have any symptoms whatsoever that are suspicious, get checked. Mm-hmm. Most of us are fortunate enough to have insurance, and I feel really blessed that I have Kaiser and that they took as, as great care of me as they did. Dr. Pollock is absolutely wonderful. And so trust your instincts and, and your common sense. Get checked. Um, don't just trust those little tests you get in the mail. Yeah. Uh, if you have any symptoms, any questions whatsoever, talk to your doctor and maybe once every, I don't know, 10 years or whatever they recommend, get checked. Yeah, um, I yeah, agree. Because, it, it, yeah, it could save you, you know. Your life, yeah. Three months, it could save your life and, yeah. and six months of chemotherapy. <laughs> well, it's, it was wonderful talking to you, Carmen. I really appreciate you taking the time and giving us your story and sharing your story and your wonderful adventure in France and in Italy. And you take care of yourself. We're praying for you, okay? Oh, thank you, Cindy. And you know, I always love sharing um, the airwaves with you. And so thank you for inviting me and God bless you and and uh, have you and John and, and all the gang there at Kaoi. I wish you all a wonderful holiday season as I do all your listeners. Thank, thank you. So you. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Okay.